What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So, another day, another day in the league, some more great things happening. We will start in LA. Freddie Freeman had a, reu- had a reunion, I guess, somewhat reunited with his former teammates. The Braves took on the Dodgers in LA. It's not quite the same as him going back to Atlanta, but at least he played his former team for the first time. And it was it was weird seeing him up to bat with Travis Darno behind the plate. It was weird seeing him face Hosker Enoa and the rest of the Braves pitching staff. So, yeah, the Dodgers won this game 7-4, and Freeman wasted no time showing his former teammates something they've seen time and time again over the course of the last 12 seasons. In his first at-bat, he lined an opposite field home run off of Hosker Enoa in his first at-bat against his former team. It was also his first homer as a member of the Dodgers, who have now won seven straight. Pretty poetic, and it's it's a Hollywood it's a Hollywood moment, absolutely. You know, before the game, obviously, tons of media reporters were swarming. There's a picture of Freddie Freeman in the dugout with all the reporters just swarmed around him from Atlanta. You know, a lot of Atlanta reporters, everyone wanted to get a piece of Freddie Freeman. He is beloved in that town and always will be. So, yeah, I mean, Freeman has gotten off to a pretty good start in L.A., hasn't missed a beat, and continues to be the pro and that key cog in the lineup that you can expect. He will get on base, he'll hit homers, he'll he'll play gold glove defense, he'll play almost every day. That's what you're going to get from him. So you're seeing that from him now. You saw that from him last night. As for the Braves, the guy who replaced Freddie Freeman is also having a phenomenal year, quietly. Matt Olson was 3 for 4 yesterday, and he's hitting 452 on the year. He's having a very good season. The Braves are happy with their acquisition as well. He's also hitting in the two hole. He's got a 1280 OPS. Monster numbers so far for him. Clayton Kershaw was on the mound for the Dodgers. No, neither starter was great here. Kirsch was five innings with four earned runs. Hosker, you know, on the other side, three and two-thirds with five earned runs. So it was, it was an offensive kind of night. But in the end, the Dodgers win 7-4. Jordan Alvarez. So we'll go down to Houston, where the Houston Astros played their first home game of the year. They, they had been on the road to start the year, but it's the first home game they are taking on the Angels. Jordan Alvarez returned from the injured list and he yeah he welcomed himself back in a big way two home runs for him which i with authority Astros got an 8-3 win over the Angels Alvarez was three for five with those two bombs and three runs scored this was his ninth career multi-home run game you know sometimes it's easy to forget how young Jordan Alvarez is he's 24 years old He's 24 years old, and he's been, you know, right out the gate. You know, he was 20, 21 when he came into the league. And right out of the gate, had these big power numbers. He's been doing it. He just went, he, he's had some injury issues here and there. But when he's on the field, he puts up big power numbers. I mean, his career OPS is 953. Keep that in mind. So, very effective bat for the Astros. They love having him in the lineup. He did his thing last night at home. He set career highs with 33 homers and 104 ribbies last year and was was great in the playoffs, ALCS MVP. It was also his bobblehead night in Houston, so he was the man of the night. 
moving on. So I was reading a bit about a story about a player who kind of surprises some people as to how effective he's been. He's been the best. They say he's the best slugger of the past three years. Super under the radar. The player who leads the majors in slugging percentage since 2020. Well, yeah, I guess three years is generous. So, I mean, 2020 was two years ago, which was also a shortened season. So, since 2020, let's say it that way, is Brandon Belt. Brandon Belt, yes, the elder statesman, the veteran on the San Francisco Giants. He has led Major League Baseball in slugging since the start of the 2020 season. He's got a 600 slugging percentage, followed by just just underneath him is Fernando Tatis Jr., then Ronald Acuna Jr., Bryce Harper, Jose Ramirez, Juan Soto, and Vladimir, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. But Belt is the leader. So Brandon Bell has three homers in San Francisco's first seven games. But, I mean, this guy is under the radar. Did anyone really see this coming? Because of his age. Someone in his mid-30s, you don't necessarily anticipate having numbers like this. But if you look at his numbers in that time frame, it's 155 games with... Like I said, a 600 slugging percentage, a 966 OPS, and 41 home runs. 41 homers. It's like 155 games is basically a full season. That's what he's put together over his, over his last 155 games. Obviously, we know that he and Posey and Crawford were a huge part of the Giants' success in 2021. Those veterans coming back, kind of having a renaissance, were a huge reason why the Giants won 107 games, and he's you know he's off to a good start again this year. So we'll see what the what the Giants have in store this season. I think they'll have another very strong year. But you know he, he's reliable as ever, and he's he's uh, part of the Giants surge again this season. So just in case you weren't aware who was leading the major league in slugging for the past past uh, year plus, it is Mr. Brandon Belt. Heading out to San Diego. So the Padres got a 4-1 victory Monday night over Petco Park. Manny Machado is at the center of it all once again. So Machado is, he's hitting the ball out of the yard a little bit here. Last night it was a mix of everything, defense and offense for him. He's red hot. He went three for four with a homer and a double. He was just a triple shy of the cycle, and he scorched all three hits. Hit him really hard. He's hitting 354 on the season, while the rest of the lineup has combined to just hit 211. So he's really the only one that's hitting well in San Diego. They really, they're really missing Fernando Tatis Jr. I mean, the Padres always knew they would need Machado to anchor that offense while they wait for Tatis, but I mean. It, this is this is something else. This dude really is putting the team on his back. And on the on the defensive side, you know, he he does it as well. Gold glove caliber third base. That's what he was doing. So Sean Manaya was on the mound, and you know, he got six punch outs doing his part as well. At the end of the day, the Padres get a four one victory over Cincinnati, which is what they need. You know, they need they need to hold it down. You know, reports are that Fernando Tatis Jr. has started moving around a bit. You know, doing some baseball activity, light baseball activity. I saw a video of him apparently playing soccer in outfield before a game one time, and he fell. I was like, dude, don't even. I mean, you're the last person who needs to be doing that. And 
potentially suffering another injury. But yeah, he had a baseball workout on the field the other day, and he's he's making throws across the diamond and things like that. As far as as far as hitting, I don't think he's hitting yet, but because he has a fracture in his left wrist, but he's he's doing some fielding now. He had surgery on March 16 with a recovery timetable of approximately three months. So, you know, that would put him to return sometime in June. He says he feels he's a little bit ahead of schedule, but no one really knows. No one really knows. So those are the big highlights from Monday night. That is going to do it for today. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who'd be interested. And we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.